Ben Drawski, what's going on? I am fresh oh. off of my one and only 23.2 attempt. Oh, did you do it today? Yeah, I did it like, no joke, like an hour and 30 minutes ago. I, dude, I was uh, I was talking to Nikki this afternoon. We had a call with a sponsor and we're, we're chatting afterwards. And she goes, she goes, I was talking to Matt, who's her husband, for those that don't know. And she's like, he mentioned he got all his tips for the 23.2 from Ben from Wad Prep. And she's like, you know, that's John's co-host on his other show. And she's like, that dude from Wad Prep is his co-host? <laughs> he had no idea. That's so cool. That's awesome. It was cracking me up. But he's not the first one I've heard that did that. So apparently you gave really good advice. Did your advice work for you, though? That's the real question. You know, it, it did work really well. I was I'm obsessed with the the turnaround technique that we use. I uh, really, really like that. But what's so interesting is the first part of the workout was not difficult for me. And I don't say that in like a pretentious way. I'm saying it in a way of like that workout, I should have pushed it way harder. I thought it was going to be one of those things where it's kind of like a trap. You get, you get like sucked into a pace that's too fast. Right. Um, it was actually the complete opposite to me. I got sucked into a pace that was like, too slow. And then I finally put the gas pedal down and I like, ne- I couldn't redline cause like nothing was fast enough. Like the cycle time of the burpees was long enough where I, I didn't really get out of breath, even like running some faster shuttle sprints. So like, I feel like I left like legitimately probably like 20 plus reps on the table just because I kind of like, I tried not to fall into uh, going too fast and I actually wound up going too slow. Wow. Um, and then I, I was really happy with my thruster score, but, uh, yeah, one, two punch, like this is one where like, man, I got done. And I'm like, dude, I could have crushed my score. Um, you got 30 and, minutes. You can go do it again real quick. We can reconvene. I, that's true. I should, I could, should go knock one out. <laughs> it. Um, I ended up getting 136 reps on the first part. Um, and again, just like, man, left a lot of reps on the table there, I think, um, I thought it was going to be a lot more tired than I was because I, I have, I did do four straight days of snowboarding with my brothers. Uh, they came in town on Thursday yep. and then we just snowboarded our faces off for four straight days. And, uh, and I expected to kind of be really smoked from that. I did have a couple of little cramps sneak in, but like it, it really wasn't that bad. And then I felt really good in the thruster. Actually, I hit a, a two fifty two thruster. Nice. Um, and then went for two sixty two, And unfortunately, like, as I received the bar, my belt, like I had to borrow a belt because I didn't have any of my gear because right. I'm an idiot. Um, but I like went to catch the weight and the belt just exploded. It just, you know, the Velcro undid itself. Um, so I, I really do think I could have been able to hit that 262, but uh, I was happy, happy with it. Uh, I just, I hate feeling like I've left a ton of reps on the table, uh, but that definitely happened for the first part. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's a learning lesson, dude. You're not, you're not competing for, game spot here you're doing it for fun and then another thing i will say is i am man i am super uh happy with the advice that we gave for how to grip like that like changing your Mm -hmm. grip i was changing my grip i would do you know uh pronated supinated i didn't do any stagger grip because that's a little weird for me but i just kept switching off the way i was gripping the bar and like making sure that i used my arms to do a big jump it felt great i mean it was like it was again it was i like surprised myself it's like 13 minutes into the workout i'm like uh oh, I feel like I feel way too good right now to be in a, the middle of an open workout. So I wish I had someone to actually pace with 
I was just, just myself doing it. Um, uh, and actually what's interesting is I came in to do the workout and I got warmed up and then there was another guy there doing it and it was Justin Berg, uh, the head of, head of CrossFit right. games. Uh, so I actually judged him. So did, was, you, did you beat him? I did. I did. did you know rep him a few times? We did not need any no reps. He, no, he not even just for fun. You didn't just throw one his way. Just he moved, he moved. Well, uh, it was actually funny because, uh, or two funny things. I'm sure he won't think it's funny, but like he redid the workout and he got one rep less on the first part. Um, and I was trying to push him. I was like, dude, you got this. And he, he's like, dude, I didn't think I had it. And right. then he, he could have, if he had pushed a little earlier and then, uh, and then the the thruster, he ended up getting, I think, two pounds more than his original nice. attempt. So it's like, oh, you know, like, uh, which one's going to be a better score? Um, but it was, it was funny. I kind of like, I felt like a, a dummy because he's he's head of CrossFit Games, correct? Yeah, he's of, yeah. yeah, he's the man. So like, I, he's like, you know, I'm setting up his thruster weight. He's like barking out, you know, the thruster weight to me. Well, first he like started changing his own weight. And I'm like, dude, no, stop. What are you doing? Sit down. Like, I got it. So I changed the weight for him. And uh, of course I was like, I think he knows this and I'm going to feel really dumb saying it, but like, you know, you don't have to go until like the last second. Right. And he kind of just looks at me and nods and I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, you probably, right. You kind of know that you probably know the rules. Probably well. know the rules. Um, but it was, it was cool. It was cool. So you should have given him a few bro reps just to get us better seats at the games. So why didn't you work that out for us? Last year, our seats were so high, man. We were like, look like tiny little ants down on the stadium floor. That's true. He just, I just had no, I guess there was no, no reps. So that's why I didn't need to bro up. I, I should have just counted in twos, man. Just know, count the right? shuttle ones, like rally counting, like one, two, three, four, five. Justin, I don't know, man, you scored 275 on the first half. That's amazing. Great work. First in the world. Unreal. Yeah. Anything for better seats, dude. Our seats sucked last year. We got to do something about that. Yeah. Well, we need, Hey, anyone listening who owns a CrossFit affiliate, well, I own an affiliate, but I'm not getting any better seats than those. Yeah, you do. Oh, yeah, you own an affiliate. I forgot about that. Yeah, no, well, yeah, not... you do. Isn't it? Aren't it? Isn't it affiliates? They they're the ones that get first dibs on the tickets. They're still not much better. Okay, well, anyone listening who gets dibs on really good CrossFit Games tickets, let me buy them from you, or else I'm just gonna sit in someone else's seats illegally, See? like I've done multiple years. <laughs> People think I'm in cahoots, but I'm really not because my seats suck. If I'm in cahoots, I'd have better seats. Yeah. I mean, that's probably, yeah, I'm sorry. We, I'm pretty sure I booked the tickets last year, or my team did, and we were just lame. You did. I, yes, it was your team. Nosebleeds. Um, yeah, it was Liz. She's not, with, she's not with us anymore. <laughs> I make it sound like she's dead. Poor subject. Don't <laughs> um, Yeah, if anyone's listening, wants to be my assistant and book super dope tickets to the CrossFit Games and come to the Games with us, hit me up. This is true. I'd like to say that we did a really good job last week discussing the fact that there could be a heavy lift. With a, and I think we called it a six-minute time cap. We ended up getting five, but we were real close, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Thought it was cool. I thought it was. I thought I love the workout. Um, honestly, like looking at, it, I was like, oh, this will be interesting. Actually doing it, I was like, this is a cool workout. Like I don't. I wasn't. It was just different. It was new. It wasn't like deadlifts box jumps and push press you know like it was it was some new things that i think a lot of us are like man i haven't done i haven't done a burpee pull-up workout in probably like i don't know forever <laughs> and right. uh the one thing though that like it frustrated me and i knew this was gonna happen it's like the, the thruster standard man like it's i understand on paper and in practice a thruster 
is easy to judge, but when you're telling someone to go for a one rep max thruster, there's so much like little things that you can do. And there's like, I'm sure there's people who got no repped that absolutely should have been. And then people who got good reps that absolutely should have been no repped. Like even me, like for my, um, two fifty two thruster, you know, like I, you know, had I not seen what Patrick Vellner got away with, I probably would have no rep myself. Cause like, I got all the way to the lockout and then to like, to like finish, I like took a step forward and then stood. It wasn't even, there wasn't really any rebound or anything, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it was like way, way, you know, quote unquote better than what Velner did on the live announcement. So like, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm counting that all day long, baby. I don't I have a lot of feelings about the programming of a heavy thruster. I mean, I have a problem with the programming. I, I like it in concept. I, I don't love, competitive situations where you're doing a heavy overhead lift. I think a lot of bad things obviously can happen. And as the guy who gets those videos sent to him, I can tell you, I saw quite a few of them Yeah, and I didn't post any of them for the record. Cause they just, a lot of them made me really nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your point, I think you have a lot of people out there judging that, that that's not their forte. And sure. so there is a lot of ambiguity in what one person says is a rep and what others aren't. Like I've seen things posted where people are quite literally going, this guy's an asshole for posting this. He, he, this is a no rep. He needs to take it off the leaderboard. And I'm looking at it going, that's a good rep. Right. You know, and, and, you know, it's just two different opinions and I'm, you know, I'm not a lifting judge by any stretch of the imagination. It's just, it's hard to judge. I mean, you've been, you know, we were at, um, at Wadapalooza watching, um, your team left Savannah was lifting. Oh yeah. And In actual we, weight lifting. My goodness. Some yeah. Of this and those are hard to judge. Really lifts. hard to judge. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I'd watch them, you know, get no rep or, you know, whatever they call it in Olympic lifting, you know, you get the, the white, the red flags instead of the white flags or whatever, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'd be like, what the hell just happened? Like, why didn't that count? You know? Right. And, yeah. you know, CrossFit has always kind of been, well, if you get it overhead, it counts in CrossFit. Yeah, I kind of wish you know? it was like, I, I wish it was maybe like, I guess it would have been different than a lot of other standards they use, but it kind of would have been cool if it was just like, oh, you can get the bar. Like the, the only standard is like in one fluid motion, you have to pass from the squat into bar overhead. Because then that would have a lot, like a lot of, like it just would have simplified the standard so that you could do some sort of weird jerk thing. Uh, but I guess that movement is weird and not something anyone's practiced. So I don't know. It was fun. I liked it. Hey, the fact that they threw in a heavy barbell and they're probably not going to have thrusters moving forward. I'm sure a lot of people are excited about that. I love thrusters. So I'm a little bummed. They're not going to be showing up in a Metcon, but well, how I do you know that because I seriously doubt a repeat of movements will occur, but it could. Okay. All right. We'll see. It could. Uh, yeah. Is that your prediction? Are you saying there's going to be light thrusters too? I'm saying it, I wouldn't rule it out. I think everyone out there is going, all right, we don't get thrusters again. Are going to be really pissed off come Thursday when the workouts three, six, nine, 12, 18, 21, 27, the thrusters and chest to bar pull-ups and double unders. I just, I don't see it happening, man. And even the way that he, he announced it, he's like, normally in the open, we see light thrusters, but this, you know, now we're seeing a heavy thruster. I just don't see him repeating it. I really don't. Well, I'm not saying that he will repeat it. I'm just saying I wouldn't sit around and count my chickens before they're hatched and, and think, you know, there's no chance in hell that it's going to happen. Sure. I'm not saying there's, there's no chance. I'd say, <clears throat> I'd say pre, like trying to predict it. 
there's a very high probability we're going to see double unders. There's um, a very high probability we will see some sort of handstand something, I think. There's a, a probably, I don't know, a very high probability of some sort of box jump or box step over or burpee box jump over or something like that. Yeah, I could definitely see box jumps, dead lefts and double unders. Oh, and of course, something with the dumbbell. I mean, it's on the, it's on the, I would, I would be very surprised if there wasn't a dumbbell. Yeah, you could get this be a good opportunity to replace thrusters with devil's press, as an example. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. something that's really going to screw you up in that regard. So I don't know. I'm not doing it anyway, so I'm not worried about it. But yeah. But regardless, you know, I'm just saying I wouldn't completely rule it out as something that could happen. But I'm with you. I don't think you will. But I wouldn't rule it out either. No. That's the beauty of the Open, man. It's, you know, and anything can happen. And, you know, if you had asked two weeks ago, are we going to get ring muscle-ups in week one? I would have said absolutely, positively not. It won't happen. Yeah. You know? And I loved it so much. So cool. Yeah, I thought it was cool too. But I would have at the beginning, I would have said no because they've never, you know, it's never been a thing. You open it with a high skill gymnastics movement and piss off half the people that don't know how to do it. You yeah. know. Just, but again, it's kind of like what I've mentioned in previous podcasts is like they, I, I think they get away with that very well if you have it at the end, right? Um, it's like what was the year where it started off with seven ring muscle ups? It was like man, that really crushed it for a lot of people. I think that was uh, 2014. Um, no, 2015. Sorry. And that like really, you know, killed most people's dreams and hopes. But like, but right. when you put the advanced stuff, like for instance, handstand walks, the end of the workout. So like only a certain caliber of athlete is getting to that movement that a lot of people, you know, have struggle with. I love the fact that it was like, it was a progressive workout. It's like, you know, you you're, you don't get to the really hard stuff until the very end, which I, I loved. I loved. Well, give me your uh, your thoughts about this week coming up. I know we don't know what the movements are. Yeah. Uh, but we know what the movements haven't been. And so if you had to start working on some. So we know we haven't had box jumps. We haven't had deadlifts. Um, we haven't had anything, you know, handstandy. Um, and we haven't had dumbbells. So you got, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning to work on a few things what would you prioritize this week i think that we're going i'm sorry my dogs just got here hi everybody um i think we're going to see something fast and hot like i feel like we haven't done a workout that truly burns per se um and assuming that they've you know tested 23.2 they probably knew that it wasn't necessarily like a burner like we've seen in other open workouts like i'm kind of thinking like some sort of 10 minute amrap or maybe a 10 minute like ladder of some sort where it ascends the rep scheme ascends as uh as you go on um but i'm expecting an absolute like sprint we have not had a sprint yet and i'm expecting a sprint in a big way yeah i could see uh bruce hey bruce uh in the comments is something fast and short just like most games athletes, but um, it would not shock me to see us get, you know, we've had a couple of times where it's, you know, you do a, it's four minutes. And if you complete the four minutes, you get another four minutes. That wouldn't shock me. So it'll be really short for a lot of people. Yeah. And really long for the elite. That's true. That's true. Um, I would, I mean, I, I, I love those style of workouts, um, but yeah, I, I'm just, I every, it, 
I'm not a huge fan of guessing. Uh, I just, it just kind of seems arbitrary. But now that we have all of this data from the first two weeks, like if I had to be a betting person, I'm going to go with some sort of fast sprint style workout, potentially for time, right? Like a workout that the elites will be able to do in like the eight to nine minute range, right? They'll be able to sprint, get sub 10, and then, you know, other people will have to take longer. But something where there is a sprint involved, definitely some double unders, um, and probably something upside down, something handstand based. Yeah. One thing that we've been doing, uh, that, uh, my coach has been having me do specifically to work on these kind of sprint without sprinting that you could do without redlining between now and Thursday is she's had me doing a lot of two minutes on one minute off three minutes on one minute off style workouts. And that's allowing me to recover obviously in that minute rest period, but allowing you to go hard in that either two minute or three minute segment. And you really can throw kind of anything in as long as it's a quickish movement, you know? So like an example of that last week I did uh, 10 rounds of the chief. You familiar with the chief? It's uh three yeah, power clean. Yeah, three power clean, six push-ups, nine air squats. Uh, and um, so I would do that every other round for three minutes on with one minute rest. And on the alternate rounds, I'd do three minutes of standing C2 bike for meters. And so just, you know, again, like practicing getting up, you know, kind of close to that red line, but you're not redlining. And when you're getting, you get right to that point and then you get a break, you know, and it's, I think that's a good opportunity for people. If you want to test something for the next couple of days of, you know, taxing your system, but not blowing yourself up before Thursday or Friday, I like that rep scheme. And you can, you know, we've been throwing a lot of stuff in to do that. It can be just about anything. You can do rounds of Cindy, you know, you can, uh, do DT is another one that fits well within that uh, time frame, but it, it's really been helping me kind of for my training now where I'm trying to stay at that kind of 70% of my max. Cause I'm still trying to recover my lungs. It's been perfect for that because I don't, I don't have to redline, but I'm really starting to be able to regulate my heart rate and see what it feels like. So when yeah. I have to step back into that red line, I'll be ready to do so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, interval work is, I mean, shoot, if you've ever, listen to what Matt Frazier says and, and Rich Froning say about like the way that their training goes, like they essentially only do interval work for, for most of the year because it allows you, <clears throat> it exposes you to um, the clock, right? Like if you're racing against the clock, it pushes you to a level, like you, you get to see your heart rate go very, very high and then see how fast you can recover. Um, it just, it ends up boating really well to, you know, carrying over to being really good at exercising competitively is that interval work. Yeah. I, you can do the same with double unders to some degree, like you can do, you know, minute on minute off, Yeah, you know, particularly if you need to, um, work on the, I, you know, I still think double unders, I mean, the double unders are the one move that have shown up for 11 or 12 years. Yeah. Ago. If there's one piece of advice I can give every single uh, person out there, it's make sure your double unders are dialed in for uh, this weekend. Because it's coming and it's something that uh, I think you can develop a lot quicker than people realize. Like, like if you practice double unders for 20 minutes the next couple days or 15 minutes the next few days, you can make a ton of progress since it's it's more coordination. Like once you finally like get the beat and it starts to click, then all of a sudden you've made a major breakthrough of your double unders. You're not going to get stronger this week. You're not going to necessarily improve your engine this week. But one thing you definitely can do is learn double unders in just a few days. 
How many did you get a chance to watch any? I mean, you said you judged uh, uh, Justin, said Justin Berg, judged him today. Do you get a chance to watch any other athletes do any of these open workouts or judge anyone else? No, I mean, I haven't really done much judging um, or watching any of like the high level athletes go other than during the announcement. Um, so, no, really haven't seen too much. God, I, I ended up judging several and getting to coach several kind of my one almost my first foray into live coaching as opposed to just you know giving opinions on this thing and um i feel like i'm like starting to see some commonalities between people that do do well and the one thing i'm noticing noticing and now i'm like kind of judging myself for this is the people that do have done better than i thought they would in these open workouts were coachable during the workout Meaning like I would get, I would see them making a mistake and I would coach them on the spot and they'd immediately change it and start improving. Yeah. And I don't do that. (laughs) I'm a bad student. I feel like I'm starting to feel guilty as a, as an athlete, you know, like that I'm not listening specifically to my coaches inner workout coaching, Mm. you know, like I think I know better, you know? And so that's, was a big aha to me that, you know, there, there are moments if you, you know, so I guess my advice here is like, if you're going to do the open and you know, you have a good coach that's counting, it's not just your buddy giving you pro reps. Yeah. I think you should be asking for that. Hey, if you see something, please tell me on the spot so I can correct yeah. it. Like ask for coaching advice before you go in and ask them to spot it while you're doing it. And then actually listen to it, like have a plan and follow it and let your coach guide you through it. Yeah, Justin uh, had a score that he was – I won't share his specific score because I didn't ask him if I could do that. But he had a score that he's like, hey, this is where I got last time. I want to beat that. Um, if you see me getting close, please, like, give me some encouragement to let me know that I can get there. And I did, and he ended up not getting there, but whatever. Um that coach. That's all you. Yeah. Must not have been a good coach. Right. But one thing, I realized in the middle of the workout that I should have I, – I think a lot of people – don't necessarily allow themselves to get coached because some people are like, Ooh, they're in the middle of the workout. I don't want to throw them off. But one thing I was thinking about mid 23.2 was I wish I had asked my judge or, you know, maybe a spectator to let me know if I was over pulling my pull-ups. Um, and also to let me know if they saw a significant decrease in my shuttle speed, because my, I realized like the difference between getting your chin above the bar and like almost doing a chest to bar, it's a lot of time and it's a lot of energy. And it's something that I I realized like watching my video, I was way over, like I was doing so far beyond the standard that it probably saved, you know, it it hurt my time and it hurt my, uh, you know, it probably hurt my strength and endurance. Um, And then another thing is like, just like let, whether it's your judge, I know like in an actual competition, the judge isn't there to coach you, but in the open, you know, sure ask your judge, like, Hey, if you see anything that I can fix, or if you see anything that doesn't require tons of explanation, if my judge had just come to me and said, Ben, you're over pulling on the pull-ups like five inches lower, I would have been like, Oh wow. Okay. That'll save me a lot of time. And it probably would have made my cycle time quicker. Um, had I sought that coaching rather than looking at my video and just being like, Oh shoot, I way overdid it there. Right. So I think you have to just be really clear with the people around you that like, um, if you are the athlete that will accept coaching mid-workout, let people know that. Because for me, I don't tend to coach people mid-workout because I'm, I've seen it throw people off in a big way. Or like they're, they're like, what? What did you say? And then I try to explain it more. And they're like, huh? 
it's just like there's like back and forth of like okay never mind but if you are like hey if you see anything that i can fix simply please let me know i'll be coachable then that then they're not going to be afraid to give you that advice well that that's a good point um about not shouting cues to people that are too far too complex because that's where you do start getting into you know now you're having a back and forth and you don't want that like the cues i were given were very short and specific step up into the burpee (laughs) you know like Step up with your right leg. Now step up with your left leg. Use a reverse grip on this next pull up. Take a five second break. You know, like really specific things. Um, you know, I, I certainly wasn't, uh, you know, nor am I qualified to give, you know, really detailed coaching on the heavy lift as an example, just not my forte. Um, but I do think, you know, kind of the same for coaches. Don't be afraid to give that coaching. And I, I think often like, Coaches feel like they can't do it to your point because they're now they're there's going to be a back and forth. And what I was noticing from these athletes, mostly because uh, several of them are really new to CrossFit, I felt like they were working harder than they needed to because they felt like they couldn't stop because I was watching them. You know what I mean? And so they were they were negatively impacting their score. The, and because I, of the John Woolley effect, they were like, I can't slow down for John Woolley. Or for anyone. It wasn't sure. because of me. It's like anyone sitting there watching them, you know, because, you know, these are new athletes. They've never been in the open before. They've yeah. never had someone stand over them with a clipboard and literally count reps. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, I'm trying to be a good judge. Like I'm counting out loud. I don't want them to have to count these reps because it's yeah. a lot of reps, even, yeah. you know. Um, you know, when you don't get a ton of rounds in this one. Well, I think this was one of the, if I had to count this workout myself, I would have, it would have been a train wreck. <laughs> like they're like trying to keep up with the shuttle runs because it's such a slow cycle time. And like trying to keep up with the burpees. I was like, this is the perfect workout for me to have a judge that counts out loud every single rep. Um, but yeah, I, I think having the pressure of people counting and then people watching and also knowing that you're going to be judged in your score. That's why like in every single open video that I make, I'm like, Hey guys, don't come out too hot. You're going to be tempted right. to come out way too hot because all these people, especially the newbies, they get all excited. And then they're just like, I feel invincible. And then they, you know, right. run into a brick wall. Yep. Hey, someone in the, com- I missed it in the comments, but I wanted to ask you this question because I saw it here. It was, uh, Brian said he wouldn't be surprised if we do wall facing handstand pushups and ton of single unders with box jump overs and uh, dumbbell snatches. So the wall facing handstand pushups is something we've never done before. And obviously you've only got two days. Is there something you would practice? You could practice on that between now and then to at a minimum, just to get comfortable upside down. I mean, okay. So if your issue is being comfortable upside down, then wall facing handstand pushups are probably not in your equation, right? So, like, I'd say the wall facing strict handstand pushup is more something that people who can do the other two types of handstand pushups already with a decent amount of proficiency should practice because it could pop up. I, for whatever reason, I don't think it will, but it could. It definitely could, right. especially because we haven't done a handstand pushup yet. <clears throat> so, if you're having issues get up, getting up on the wall, then, you know, like being able to translate that into being comfortable on the wall and doing strict wall facing handstand pushups, I think could be potentially a stretch. But if you're someone who can do handstand pushups already, whether that's kipping or especially strict, because you have to have strict handstand pushups, if you plan to do wall facing strict handstand pushups, um, you absolutely should try out both, you know, kicking up on the wall, you can kind of do like the side, what it 
cartwheel looking kick up or do a wall walk and then do some potentially like some negatives or something like that to like a target. So what, rather than going like full range of motion, you could try lowering yourself down and just touching your head and then finding a way to drop down. I just don't see it necessarily being programmed because I feel like it like, like it could be introduced maybe on the back end of like a wall wall workout since a wall walk does put you in position for that standard. Like that's really curious is like they could add in, you know, I wouldn't see it in the beginning of the workout, but towards the end, like once you get a certain amount of wall balls net now it's, or excuse me, wall walks. Once you get a certain amount of wall walks, I could see like, Oh, wall walk. And then plus one handstand push up in between each round or something like that. Um, so long story short, if you have handstand pushups, it would be a good time to potentially practice strict wall facing handstand pushups. If you don't have handstand pushups yet, I wouldn't worry about the wall facing kind. I would worry about just like maybe practice some kipping ones, maybe practice just kicking up on the wall, maybe practice some some negatives to work on your strict, you know, just feeling the the positioning for a strict handstand pushup. Um it's just, again, it's an advanced movement. So I, I don't necessarily think it's everyone should be practicing it yet. Let's say hypothetically handstand push-ups show up, forget the reverse facing mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And we just get good old fashioned handstand push-ups, and there are, you know, 10,000 different ways they've asked us to do it in the 12 years we've had the open. It's a square root of your femur length divided by the space between your nostrils. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, it's a, it's a hard movement for some. I guess the question is, I think a lot of where a lot of people struggle is they don't know where to take breaks. You know, it's, it is the one movement. I know there's probably more than one, but it's absolutely the one when you're done doing them, you're done. Like sure. You cannot come once you, hit, once you hit the wall, you cannot come back. There's yeah. just no coming back from it. Any, any tips around what those breaks should look like for the average Joe CrossFitter? When you say breaks, are you talking about within the rep or are you talking about like know. within the set? Yeah, I don't know. Like, um, I'll give you some examples. Like, I can do pretty big sets, but in the early days, like if I did more than five, I was going to burn it. Like, I had a max number I would get to, and then I would, I was done. That yeah. number was south of 30 for sure. It was closer to 20 than 30 for sure. <laughs> um, you know, in total, regardless of how sure. I broke them up. You know? So, when it comes to those kind of like muscular fatigue, like, you know, there's certain, certain movements and <clears throat> handstand pushups is definitely one of them where your heart rate might be totally fine, but you just, you have no lockout power and you're done. You'll, you know, you, you're not going to feel like you're working out that much. You just, you're so blown up in the shoulders that you can't get it done. It's really important in workouts like that. You, you don't just like leave a rep in the tank. It's like you leave three to five reps in the tank. So each set that you're doing, you need to drop down and say, I could have done three or four more, but I'm not going to because I'm not going to be tempted to take it to that level. And that's what happens with a lot of people is like, let's say it's a set of 21 handstand pushups and they'll like open up with this set of 10 and then five and then now they're blown up. They're completely destroyed. And then they have to, you know, really, really struggle to get the rest. It'd be so much better to take that initial set of 10 and do five. And then maybe five again, and then maybe four, and then four, and then three. And like always leaving several reps in the tank, that's just going to allow you to get back up and accumulate reps rather than hitting that dreaded wall where you just can't do it anymore. And then secondarily, <clears throat> when it comes to actually doing the rep with strict handstand pushups, if that was programmed, 
you have to make sure you're not resting at the bottom of the rep because you've lost all of your tension and it's going to be really, really difficult to get yourself back up. So when you're lowering your head down to the mat, you should think touch and go. It's like not, maybe not bounce and go, but just a touch and go. Like our goal is to tap our head onto the target and immediately press back up under tension. That's really important for strict handstand pushups. When it comes for kipping handstand pushups is actually the opposite. Kipping handstand pushups, when you're down, when your head is down and you're in that tripod position, like that's the time where you can take a little bit of a break because you're, you're able to relax your shoulders and then you can do the kip to get you out of the hole and lock out the rep. Um, I have obviously, obviously a bunch of videos on that, but um, that's what I would say about resting for handstand pushups. Always leave several reps in the tank, not just one or two, because it'll, because once you hit that, if you accidentally hit that wall, you're done. And then when it comes to doing the reps, strict, never rest at the bottom. Uh, hands, uh, kipping, handstand pushups, you can rest at the bottom. And that's actually a decent idea. I think most people probably know where their threshold is, I would imagine, I would hope, for handstand pushups. Meaning like I used to know my number right now, it's like I can do more than 30 and then it starts to get squirrely. I think a lot of people know if that number's 10 or 20 or whatever. Is there a... Um, a sense for you, like you've talked in the past about having to do singles as an example on chest to bar as a way to reduce fatigue and keep your grip from going out. Are singles ever a good method for handstand pushups? And if so, like when? Uh, you know, I haven't, I really haven't strategized handstand pushup singles. Like it works so well for bar movements. And the reason being is because like as soon as you're done the rep, and that's whether the toes hit the bar or the chin passes the, the vertical or the horizontal plane of the pull-up bar, you can relax. You just let go. The issue with handstand push-ups is like, you know, if you're doing singles, you now have to kick up, support yourself. And remember, we have to start at lockout. So you're kicking up, you're supporting yourself at lockout, lowering yourself all the way down, coming all the way back up. And then, you know, once you get the lockout, you can fall down. There's, there's like quite a bit more work involved if you do singles compared to if you're able to string them together. That's not necessarily the case when it comes to pull-ups or, you know, a lot of these. these it's more like a push press. You don't want to put the bar down. So it's kind of the same thing. Like once you're inverted, you want to stay inverted. Yeah. Until you can. Yeah. That's, that's my thought. Although, right. let's say doing two unbroken gets you too close to your threshold. It like right. gets you too close to that blow-up point then potentially the time that it takes for you to drop off the wall, shake it out, kick back up, do a rep that could help you stay below that red line and not blow up. So it could work for some people. I just think it would be better to rest and then knock out a set of three or four than to do four singles. Um, but again, this isn't really something that I've tested. This is just something that, I don't know. That's how I do my handstand pushup workouts. Yeah. At least. Any movement combination, we talked about this last week, but any movement combinations this week you would maybe put together in lighter format to potentially be prepared. Like as an example, handstand pushups and deadlifts, you know, like Diane's kind of notoriously nasty um, for rolling people's backs up. We've had that, you know, that combination of several of, opens. Yeah. Like because of that, I probably wouldn't recommend practicing too much of it, especially with a heavy one. Like, I don't know. I, I'm of the mindset of like, all right, if I have a deadlift handstand pushup workout, if I do a bunch of deadlifts and handstand pushups to practice, I'm probably just going to blow my back up beforehand. Sure. Um, I, you know, like, I think the, the movements that would probably help us, like in terms of pairings, it's like maybe do some deadlifts and box jumps. Um, 
I would probably do some double unders and handstand pushups or double unders and wall walks, like those kind of pairings. I would do maybe a dumbbell snatch and a burpee box jump over. Um, like, you know, like it's just like, Hey, what, what pairings have been common in the past? Maybe we'll see that again, but we haven't seen that in the first two workouts. Like there haven't been like, Oh, traditional pairings because of that. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a couplet of some sort for this last one, or maybe a triplet. Um, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see, but just basically go, go to the list of movements you know, like you can just Google it, like, like CrossFit open movements, most common movements, something like that, whether it's the water prep article or the tons of other articles that are out there, just go down the list and like, just practice a few reps, at least under fatigue of the movements that haven't showed up yet. So handstand pushups, double unders, box jumps, uh, burpee box jumps, wall walks, things like that. You know, it's funny you say that because I, I was going to add that as um you know doing it under fatigue people will hate this advice but i swear to god i, I think it's the best advice i could give you if you have the ability go get an assault bike and then pick whatever movement you hate Hit the assault bike hard and then do the movement you hate under that high fatigue off the assault bike or a c2 bike like something whatever's going to get your heart rate super high mm-hmm. so it needs to be one of those so like an example do 21 calories on the assault bike and then get off and do 30 double unders or 50 double unders and then get back on the bike and do 21 and 50 again. Yep. It's going to hit way different than just picking up the road and be like, Oh yeah, I'm good at double unders. Yeah. Or, or do the assault bike for 21 cows and then do five handstand pushups and yep. 21 and five. That way you're not blowing your shoulders out, but you can feel what they feel like with a high heart rate under serious fatigue. Cause I promise you a handstand pushup with a high heart rate is far different than what you're going to see. You know, if, if they show up first in a workout, for instance, yeah. then you'll thank me for that later. And if sure. they if they show up at the end of a workout, you'll thank me for that too. Yep. Yeah. And basically, bottom line is everyone's going to be thanking John. So thank yeah. you. You'll all be thanking me because I'm a genius. It's the, uh, <laughs> the meme ring. You'll all be thanking me because I'm not doing the workout either way. I'm just going to sit around and silently judge everyone. It's going to be <laughs> great. Actually, I'm not judging anyone this week. We're going to the Arnold. Oh, yeah. We're going to watch slap fighting. Slap fighting? That's at the Arnold? Have you seen slap fighting? Is that where you just try to knock the other person out? With, yes, with it's amazing. It's the most amazing. I wish I'd pulled up some video for this. You could watch it. Darn it. I mean, it sounds... I've, I've definitely seen some footage. They like... It's like you hold on to a, to like a pole or like... You hold on to something. And the standard is you basically just like wind up and slap the other person as hard as possible. Yeah. And, and the other person, like, I guess the... If you get knocked out it's letting go of that thing right or something Dude, it's it's unreal like we so last year we went first of all the arnold is like stepping onto another planet yeah like it's imagine like every fitness modality and i'm gonna put fitness in air quotes because a lot of it's not even fitness right a lot like that these guys dressed up in armor just beating the hell out of each other with like swords and you know and it's called LARPing and it's a big thing okay yeah it's a huge thing i watched somebody get sent to the hospital from that um but slap fighting was there right and you know they got power lifters and bodybuilders and crossfit and peloton and everyone right so we're just walking around in there you just sit there and ride a bike i guess like just cool. any, anyone's into fitness is there right yeah so we're just walking around minding our own business and they've got a jumbotron and we see two women like face to face and they're like got chalk on their face. 
they're chalking up their hands. I'm like, what is going on? And then this one woman just slaps the F out of the other one right in the face. Just like as hard as you can imagine. I'm like, oh shit, we're sticking around for this. So of course we stick around and the women were interesting, but you know, they're women. They don't hit as hard as men. So they're not really knocking each other out. They're slapping each other real hard, which is interesting to watch. Don't get me wrong. But then the men come up and these are some big boys, like really big boys. And the first one we watched, this dude reared back and it was one slap lights out. I thought the dude was dead. Like the, <laughs> I'm not kidding you, dude. The second he got slapped, dude was on his Everybody's back. Like, he did. Yeah. It was insane. Sounds so of course we're going back. Awesome. Of course. Sounds like that sounds like some Ohio shit, man. Like that's it's, that's what that sounds like. It's some real Ohio shit. It's amazing. <laughs> it's absolutely uh, amazing. Well, fantastic. Are you gonna like there obviously is CrossFit there. Is there like, will some sort of Friday night lights be happening there maybe? Uh, yeah. So we're going to go, uh, where are we going? <coughs> Sorry. I'm still like, I'm giving myself abs with all this coughing. It's ridiculous. Uh, we're going to go to Christy Aramo's gym. Uh, Tom, one of my gym partners is going to do uh 23.3 there with their group on Friday. And I'm going to watch, um, and then I'm sure we'll see the affiliate group and there's some other CrossFit stuff going on at the Arnold. So we'll, you know, we'll see plenty of CrossFitters, nice. which, will be, which will be fun. Um, I'm also going to get a chance to see um, uh, Rob from Hard Work Pays Off Strong, Rob Kearney. He's uh, competing yeah. in Strongman. Nice. And, uh, I haven't seen him in person since the game. I had him on the other podcast not that long ago. We should have him on here actually to talk about strength training because he's the oh, man. man. Yeah, he is totally the man. Um so I'll get a chance to see that and hopefully some of the hard work pays off team, which will be there together. And we'll watch some of the Olympic lifting, hopefully. I mean, it's always, you know, like you just see these amazing feats of strength while you're yeah. there. It's like really kind of unreal. Uh, but, you know, the fun part is people watching. Yeah, people like, watching. So people who are just probably – I can only imagine how juiced to the to the ears everyone is there or a lot of people are from various aspects of fitness crossfit not included or crossfit also included um but i i have a feeling it's probably just i can only imagine the amount of skin showing in the crowd and just all oh, these super fit people walking around just just posturing just walking around see how well, it's, they are. it's interesting because you know the the strong man people like <coughs> like rob are just big they eat a lot they're just big the bodybuilders are a completely different breed. Yeah. You know, it's all about glamour muscles and show. And so those guys are always walking around and like the little, uh, strap, strap, like yeah, strap yeah. Tops, yeah. And they're showing off, you know, their skin and, and usually they'll have, you know, whoever's with them, you know, their girlfriend, significant other, whatever, same thing. Like, and you know, they'll look just like all tanned up and, right. you know, Barely any clothes on, and it's just walking around with bags of free protein samples. So like, and then the CrossFitters are just walking around, just like with like blood on their oh, hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like like barbell hickeys on their neck, just all just mangled up. It's just funny. It was like a few years ago, you know, uh, CrossFitters would have been considered the freak of that group, and now you're walking around like, oh yeah, we're douchebags, but we all are. Like everyone in the place is, you know, so. It's uh, it's Except really the slap fighters. They're just they're the salt of the earth. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, I'm sending you videos of slap fighting. I can't wait. Please text me. I want live live action, and then also LARPing. Please, I want to see some LARPing as well. <laughs> Lots of LARPing. It's called LARPing. Yeah, live action role play. And I saw 
the other day in Denver, um, in a local park, I saw like a whole group of people LARPing. Obviously I sat and watched for a long time and I kid you not, like they were beating the crap out of each other with these like foam swords and shields. Like it was legit. And like, I mean, it was, it was awesome. I was really excited. All right. Well, the dudes at the Arnold were not using foam. They're like, were they like, were they jousting? Dude, like real metal swords. I, I'm telling you, I saw this dude get carted off to the hospital, like literally on a cart. That's cool. Was it jousting? Did they actually joust? No, they yeah. just got battle axes and swords, and they're wearing full body armor and helmets and just smacking the shit out of each other. That's awesome. And, you know, like there's no padding in those things. You get hit in the head with a metal broadsword, even with them, and you're wearing a metal helmet. That's yeah, even, it, oh that's the definition of having your bell rung. Yeah, it's terrible, but it's so much fun to watch. So, so cool. yeah. awesome. Yeah, well, it sounds like you're going to have a very exciting weekend. Yeah, it should be. Should be good stuff. And hopefully, it'll be an exciting weekend because uh, 23.3 is going to be awesome. I mean, I, I have to admit, I've, I've really enjoyed the first two weeks. I, you know, one, because I love the first workout. And then the second workout, I was like, yeah, okay, interesting. And then having done it, I was like, this was great. Like, I loved it. It was such a unique work, workout. It was like, it was something that I don't think anyone knew how they were going to feel. Um, like my guess is that if Roman and Pat Vellner redid the workout, they would absolutely obliterate their scores because it's just one of those things where you're like, yeah. kind of don't know how it's going to feel. And of course that's what happened to me. It's like, I got into it and I was just like, huh, this isn't feeling as hard as I thought it was mm-hmm. like, oops, I'm 13 minutes in and I should have been going way harder this whole time. My bad. Um, so I, I thought it was really cool and I'm very excited to see what pops up in the third week. Hopefully another new movement. That'd be really cool. When you, um, when you look back on the open, I know we're only two weeks in and it's probably a better question for next week. We'll ask anyway, after two weeks, do you, any gaps in your training or you just think, Hey, I just learned something about shuttle runs. Um, man, that's hard to say gaps in my training. Uh, I just or, think or week, cause you know, we had muscle ups in week one and rowing yeah, I've been trying to think about that. The, I mean, I, I think, I mean, the main gap in my training and it's been that way for a long time, which it's like part of the reason I didn't want to continue competing is because I would have had to face the gap in my training. It's just like the engine stuff. It's just like the, the, like being able to really grind out a Mecon that doesn't have high skill is something that that I don't enjoy and therefore I actually don't perform that well in it. So like the shuttle sprints and the burpee pull-ups, there wasn't too much skill involved. It was just like grindy work. I was able to kind of maybe make up for it with the heavy thruster. Um, but just, I'd say just being able to grind uh, through things at a higher heart rate, like the first week, like the ring muscle-ups felt great. I was just kind of like blown up by the time I got there, but I also didn't leave myself enough time there, I think was the main problem. So right if I was okay sucking for a while, if I was okay, like embracing the suck for a while and, and got to the rings faster, I think that would have been a lot better. So I think just overall for me, it's, it's the, it's the engine stuff. It's, it's low skill, high grit and engine. That is, is not my forte, but the heavy barbell high skill, that's where I shine. I mean, I, I haven't done both of them. I did the first one and um, have, didn't do the second one yet. But from watching them and kind of self-diagnosing how I thought I would have done on the second one and how I know I did on the first one, I should be doing more front squats mm. for sure. You know, I think I don't think I would have done well on the heavy thruster. It's, you know, I don't do enough front squats to do a super heavy clean. And that's something I need to start addressing quickly. Mm-hmm. Um 
I think muscle ups, um, is that's just something you have to practice regularly and I don't practice them regularly. You know, I'm, I'm very protective of my shoulders. So I'm, I'm right now kind of working through what do I need to do to address that? So I don't have to be scared of muscle ups, you know, cause I don't think you just give them up. You know, I think you can address it another way. So I think that's something I have to look at. Um, and you know, I are the other stuff that we already do a lot of. So I, I felt really good actually about my, um, you know, in hindsight, my initial score would have been good enough for top 10% in right. my, in my age group. Um, you know, so I felt okay about that. Also considering I wasn't very healthy at the time. Yeah. Um, and I probably, even though I haven't done it, I'm going to make an educated guess. I probably should be doing more strict pull-ups if I want to get good at burpee pull-ups. Like I do a lot of burpees and I realize a burpee pull-up is different, but I don't do a lot of strict pull-ups mm-hmm. and kipping pull-ups are far slower. So if you want to be faster at that one, you have to be able to do a lot of strict pull-ups and I don't do them that often. Sure. You know, and, you know, so I don't know, front squats and, and pull-ups, those are two I probably need to start addressing sooner or later. I think what we're going to see, because I, you know, I was actually just opened the app to see if my uh, score had been validated yet um, to see where I sat percentage wise. But that's, that's the interesting thing is like the way to identify the gaps in your training is like, I'm kind of waiting to see, you know, where did I stack up on 23.2 versus 23.1 percentage wise for each workout. Um, and that's what I would use is, you know, even though I might've felt great in this workout, if I'm, you know, 78th percentile compared to, I think the first week I was 90 something. Um, then I clearly like, Oh, there's a huge gap here. That is that the data shows rather than just like my vibes, you know what I mean? Um, so I'm actually, I'm interested to see where it stacks up. It looks like it's not updated yet, but I'm excited to see it. Yeah. I, the only advice I'd give anyone here, like, and what I'm trying to do for myself, um, and, I, you know, I'll have a, a different opinion next week on this, too. But I think that for me, the lesson of the open isn't how do I fix all of these things that I need to get better at? It's like, can I fix one or two things that will address more things like this? front well, squat? Issue. Know. Yeah, like this front squat issue will address thrusters, obviously front squats. It'll address cleans like yeah. it'll, it'll, you know, air squats will help you in so many different ways if I can fix that one thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of lead domino things. Um, positioning like mobility, right. A lot of like, someone's like, Oh, I need to work on snatches and overhead squats and cleans and this and that. And so big, terrible at all these other things, handstand pushups. I can't lock it out. It's like that lead domino for a lot of people is just like being able to get in the positions comfortably, which comes back to mobility. And again, I don't think quote unquote doing mobility helps, but it's more of like, spending more time in the positions that you're not good at being in so that you don't have to rush out of them very quickly. Like the person who can spend time at the bottom of an overhead squat and feel totally fine, like myself, can snatch a lot of weight. The person who at the bottom of an overhead squat with a PVC is like trembling and wants to fall over, that's someone that's probably not going to be able to snatch that much weight. So it's like a lot of these lead dominoes, I think, are you, you kind of have to peel back a few layers of the onion before you can identify what is your true lead domino. Uh, another example would be like, ah, oh, so terrible at gymnastics. I can't do kipping pull-ups. I can't do ring muscle-ups. I can't really do, you know, toes to bar that well. Like I, you know, and they're focusing on the high skill gymnastics when we found this with a ton of athletes, the number one most important thing is strict pull-ups. How many strict pull-ups can you do? 
show me someone that can do 10 plus strict pull-ups and I'm going to show you an athlete who can do very well in a lot of the gymnastics movements. So a lot of times the, the lead domino is a very unsexy thing, but if you can identify it and then buy a lab prep course to solve it or, or do something to, to fix that lead domino, so many other things get a lot easier. Dude, I make fun of you a lot for the wad prep courses. I know that. But I've had so many people during this open say to me, Ben got me through whatever. And I'm like, shut up. You're going to blow up his ego. I hate like, you. <laughs> I don't want to hear this. You guys are going to blow up his ego and it's big enough as it is. But like, heart. I'm sending everyone hearts right I now. I know, Thanks. but seriously, they did. And I think that's uh, you know a testament to all those videos you have put together. So good for you, man. Well, I appreciate it. And I mean, it's a... Uh, the whole lead domino idea is something that I preach a lot in the email and to my athletes and, you know, to all of the people who are inside of our courses or just watching the free videos. Like you don't have to buy anything from us. Um, you can watch all the free stuff that we have. The key is figuring out like what, what is the one thing that's going to make other things easier. Um, and if you can figure that one thing out, then you're off to the races. Oh, here, Courtney has one. That's a, Maybe she has a lead domino you can identify. We'll just answer her question. Low skill and low weight wads that are cardio burners, I suck. How do I get better with this? So, How do you, how do you fix an engine? What's what's your lead domino for an engine? I'm guessing that's what you mean. I'm, I mean, the, the lead domino for engine work is going to be doing uh, monostructural engine workouts. So, like, you know, basically – the way that we do it inside of our endless engine course is like you set a baseline for a few different measurements, like 5k run and um, maybe a 2k row and, and uh, what else? Absur an air bike thing of some sort. So you set all these benchmarks and then you do pacing work to slowly but surely improve your pace and then retest. And then you're going to be a lot better. You're going to get a better score because you've, you've done lots of engine focused workouts where you're working at paces that are just below your like max effort. So like rather than rowing at my 2K max effort, I might row at 90% of my 2K row max effort, so on and so forth. So you get more exposure. So just like, you know, the way to get better at strict pull-ups or even uh, a high skill movement like ring muscle-ups, way to get better at a lot of those things is to, to spend more time practicing the ring muscle-up transitions or spend more time getting strong uh, with your strict pull-ups. The way we get better at engine work and grunt work, even if that grunt work looks like, you know, burpees over the box and dumbbell snatches, I promise you that if you get, if you improve your engine with that monostructural bike run row, then that's going to carry over to a lot of the, you know, grunt focused engine workouts. So a, a lot of that comes back to, like John said, assault bike, like a rower of some sort, um, running like what if you can get really good at those uh that's why we see a lot of these people who are really good at grunt work and good at the engine workouts even if they don't involve uh running biking or rowing they're really good at those things and they're it carries over to being good at burpees and being good at the super annoying box jump you know dumbbell carryover things like all the grunt work carries over from that monostructural stuff i think that's what yeah. i think but that being said that is probably a question that I'm least qualified to answer because <laughs> I haven't done it myself and my team has done it. Right. So that's why like my team made endless engine because I'd be such a fraud if I made it because I don't have an endless engine. And I realize that's a, a weakness of mine, but admittedly I'm not necessarily actively trying to attack that weakness anymore. 
Yeah, but I think it's good advice. And like, you know, that that run row um, bike, you know, finding ways to work that in, I think are, are important. Like I've been doing another like kind of rep scheme for lack of a better term that uh, Jen's been having us do is you'll do um, in a five minute window. So we'll do the full hour. I'm not advising most people to do the full hour, but <clears throat> we'll do six minute windows, five minutes of work, one minute of rest. And in the five minutes, you'll do, let's just say, 30 burpee box jump overs. And in the remaining time until five minutes, you row. Mm-hmm. So once you finish the box jump overs, you move to row. Or it might be 30 cleans and then you're rowing or something else and rowing. The point being, like, you're always trying to get back to the row. Mm-hmm. And you're recovering on the rower. And you're with the mindset being you're recovering on something that you're trying to build your engine on, like something that you normally hate. You know, like I don't love to sit there and row, but if I have to do it for two minutes, I can do it for two minutes. Mm-hmm. And then when you've done that now for 10 rounds, now you've put in 20 minutes of rowing yeah. and, and now you're comfortable on it. And it no longer feels like grunt work anymore. It feels like I'm building it. So when you have to, to go do a 20 minute test, you've been there before, mm-hmm. you know, you felt it. And on that note, one more thing <clears throat> that I'd be silly not to say is, uh, in Courtney's example, like low skill, low weight, you know, cardio burners suck right? That's the exact word that she used. You know, I'm terrible at it. So much of that engine work and that grunt work comes back to your mind, not so much your actual cardio engine. So having a good cardio engine helps, right? But so much of that engine work revolves around the internal self-dialogue that you have and also your mental strength. Like if you bring to me someone who has arguably the best engine in the entire world, but as no mental strength, they're probably not going to do that well, right? So I think oftentimes we underestimate how important having a very strong mental game and that mental game, like having worked with, with Don Fletcher of uh, Driven Mind Training, I love her so much. She's the, kind of the, the goat, the original, yeah, the OG of uh, mental strength training for CrossFit athletes. You know, she just talks about like, how with a lot of her even highest level games athletes, it's just like connecting with your why and then positive self-talk mid-workout. It's like you do those two things and it's going to help pull you through a lot of those really, really gnarly grindy stuff. So I would imagine that Courtney in our example here in 23.2 a, if the whole time you're thinking, I hate this, this is terrible. I'm so bad at running. I hate burpees, right? Like that internal self-talk is only going to perpetuate a worse performance. I don't even know Courtney, and I know that was a terrible impression. <laughs> I'm positive of it. No, I, I, I get Courtney, where you're saying. That wasn't a knock on you. I just, <laughs> you never know what's going to come out of my mouth. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying, and I, I agree with that. I think you know that's the whole point, though, of why you have to practice this engine piece and spend time doing the grunt work, is because once you've been there, it is far easier to have positive mental mindset. Like I've done so many horrible wads. Like I looked at these two this 14 and 15 minute open workout i'm like it's only 14 minutes how hard can it be like i know it's hard and i don't want to downplay boz's programming because it's terrific programming but it's still only 14 or 15 minutes like you're going to survive if you've done an hour-long workout before that's just grueling you know and so you have to be there sometimes to do it and i think that's the value of that grunt work of just getting in and doing assault bike sprints for 35 minutes or yeah getting on the rower and rowing a 10 K or, you know, whatever the, you know, kind of grunt work of the day is. Cause it just makes everything else seem easier. 
I still remember doing, um, this is just an example, uh, back when I was actually competitive and, and trying to make it to the CrossFit Games, I followed uh, the old school like competition Invictus programming, right? There was only like three or four people doing comp programming and it was all free. So me and my boys were following Invictus and you know now I'm, I'm friends with CJ Martin. But I remember Wednesdays kind of like leading into this open cycle, uh, he would do these 30-minute EMOMs where it's 30 minutes – and each, each freaking minute of the, it was like, you had three different movements and you did 10 rounds, Imam, and it was 30 minutes. And I swear to you, it was the biggest mental like burner, not only physically burning, but mentally burning because every single minute you had to like dig deep just to get that movement done within the minute. But the crazy thing it was, is you could do it. Right. Like his thing was like, you can always pick up a wall ball right. and do 15 reps. I don't care. You know, I don't care how tired you are. You pick up the ball and you do 15 reps. And same thing with burpee box jump overs. It was like, you know, 10 burpee box jump overs in a minute. And he's like, I don't care how tired you are. If you dig deep, you can do it. And it's just like every round was just this mental, you know, mind F for lack of a better uh, term. And I still can remember the feeling that I have. Uh, back in the day when I actually got done my first 30 minute EMOM as prescribed, because I used to have to scale down a couple reps. I still remember the feeling of getting done that first 30 minute EMOM as RX and just being like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even think I could do it, but I did it. And that means I can do anything. Right. Like it was like that mental, like if you do the things that you originally didn't think you could do, it, it's like boats in your mind for you're way more capable of what you think. And then I think you can use that as fuel in these, you know, more burning metcons. Yep. No, I agree. I also think it's okay, by the way, to say things suck. I was joking the other day that we, I forget what our AMRIP was, but it was really long 40 minutes or 50 mm. minutes. And I'm like, it's going to be 40 minutes of me complaining. And they just laughed at me because they knew it was true. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll just shout in the middle of workout. This sucks. Well, it's funny because you know? I did the same, I do the same thing, but for like, I do it for fun. Um, like yeah. in the middle, the first shuttle run today, I was just like, what is this a marathon? Like I'm bored already, you know? And I'm just like, everyone else is actually working out. I'm just like joking. I had to retie my shoes and I was like, pause the clock. I got to retie my shoes, like stupid stuff like that. So I think you, you can have negative self words, but you have to, I think doing it in a positive life, if you're actually like super grumpy about it. Then I don't think it really helps that much. No, we had a, it was a 40 minute AMRAP on Saturday at partner wide. We got to the 20 minute mark and I, turned around to the whole class. I'm like, you're halfway everybody. Like, and they're all cussing me. They're like, shut up. You know? <laughs> like, I think it's okay. You know, 20 yeah, more minutes. Woo! Yeah. You should be having fun. It's okay to complain. As long as you're having fun complaining. Sure. I guess that's my point. If you're like, the, if it's like frumpy and like actually negative, I, I, I think it's a very rare person yeah. to use that as fuel. Uh, I think anger can be used very well as fuel, but, yeah. but uh, actual misery and self pity, probably not. I'm with you on that. All right, dude. Well, this has been fun as always. I'm excited about this week and see what, uh, what comes up. And then I'll probably, uh, I can't be with your wide prep team this Thursday cause I'll be in Columbus. So I won't, will not be able to slap, slap boxing or whatever. I will not be able to give my fantastic advice to your wide prep team and correct everything that CJ tells them. So Dang. tell Bummer. them I'm sorry. Bummer. Next, next time, next year. Yeah. I did enjoy being on the first two weeks though. So tell them, thank you. I know they appreciated it. All right. Well, for everyone joining us, thanks for uh, for being on and we will chat with you guys soon. Peace.